Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Late Flag, the aftermath podcast of the LFC Red Poets. Tonight, we're going to look back at today's 3-0 victory over Brentford, when result was more important than performance. I'm joined tonight by Tom Keegan, Pete Warburton, and Ben Kent Jr., and I'm your host, Les Lawson. So, first of all, I'll come to you, Pete, on this one. So, come about an hour before kickoff, about just after one o'clock, the team dropped and there was a couple more injuries added to the list with no no Ibu in the squad, no Joe Gomez in the squad. You know, Ryan Gravenberch obviously hadn't been able to recover from the injury that he had that missed Thursday's game. So the squad was really depleted and the, you know, the unselectable, as I called him on Thursday, Costas, you know, started at left-back. Endo made you know, his first start at home in the Premier League. And Cody Gakpo started on you know in midfield. So what did you make of the lineup when you seen it and especially the bench? Um I thought it was a decent lineup. I think when we discussed it on our previous programme, I think I got most of it right. I, I, I was the one that said I thought Costa should play. Because I said it was a bit like when you're a kid and you fall off your bike, the first thing your dad tells you to do is get back on it and ride it. And I thought, I thought he, he would play today, even if Joe had been, had been available. Um, and I also got the Diogo Jossa before Diaz Rice. So, um, but I thought it was a strong starting lineup. And then you you did look at the bench and and you know you, you we were really having a few with with the best will in the world. There was a few fellas in there, wasn't there? You know some of the young lads <coughs> and that. But um, yeah, it was it was I thought it was a decent starting lineup. Um, I thought Endo had to had to start obviously, because um, because McAllister was was unavailable anyway. So I think he was he was he was always going to start. So yeah, I thought it was a decent lineup to be honest. Tom, what did you make of the at the lineup and the bench? I was uh, I was a bit shocked, but to be honest, Les, because it, with Gomez being out and and Canate not being in the squad, I thought like we. I didn't anticipate or expect that to be to, to be honest. As you say, I think the team more or less picked itself, didn't it, after that? Because we, we were left with sort of we you could have had Harvey Elliott in place where where Gapco come in and done it again. But um but you know what? I thought I thought to be fair, I I, I thought the bench you did was loaded with young young kids, which it's it one way it's sometimes that's a good thing for you know, a couple of the lads to get through you know and, and get games because they, they need that time to an experience if they're going to progress but um yeah the team the team took care of itself more or less with what we had yeah there was i mean i think the you know i think Jürgen looked at it and thought that he wanted as much height in the team as possible i think which is why i think Cody started on the you know, on, on the left side of the midfield um, rather than Harvey. And also, I think the Harvey's best performances this season have been when he's come on from the bench. So, so yeah, I think that was a reason in his, in his thinking. So, But it was a big blow, wasn't it, when we seen the team, Ben, to see that there was no Gomez or Ibu in the squad? Yeah, it, it was. And to be honest, I... Like, um, um, <laughs> I'm getting a bit fed up with the amount of injuries that Ibu's getting. Um, you compare him to to Van Dijk, who, bar horrific injuries, doesn't really miss any games. 
Um, and a centre-half for me is one of, if not the most important position on the pitch that you need to build a relationship with your partner. And you can't do that with a player that's played about 40 games for the club in his entire history, as good as a player as he is. But I was in the car when the team was announced um, with my dad. And my dad being a bit more pessimistic than pessimistic than I am. Um, it's like, oh, I'm worried by that team. And I was like, oh, come on. Um, we're at home against Brentford. We've got more than enough there. Um, and ultimately, I think I was proven right. But obviously, it wasn't the strongest team. Um, you know, if we had the, the full-strength squad, we wouldn't have picked that team. And I, I was surprised that Harvey didn't start. I agree with you, Les, that he's looked far better coming off the bench this season than when he starts. But ultimately, he does need to start games at some point. And I thought... Um, the way Brentford, although they are a big team, they're actually taller than I thought they are. Um, when you see them on Sky or whatever, they they always play nice football and they did that today at Anfield. But they're big lads, aren't they? Especially the, I mean, they play with four centre halves today, which obviously didn't help. But even the midfielders and one of the forwards, um, in Bremo, I think his name was, like he's a big lad as well. Um, so maybe that's why Harvey didn't start. Um, but I thought like, um. We did, you know, the team did fine. Like, it wasn't a spectacular performance, but as soon as the first goal went in, well, actually, no. It was when the bloody referee booked Matip and that, for for winning the ball cleanly, um, that brought everyone alive, didn't it? The crowd suddenly picked up and the players obviously um, just picked up a gear or two. But I thought Simakash... Um, there's a few idiots by me on the cop that are really doing my head and like looking for a scapegoat and he's definitely the scapegoat. I mean, you know, I'll make no bones about it. He is the poorest player in our team, I think. Um, but some of the shouts in the first five minutes to him and you're thinking, for crying out loud, you know, get behind the team. How is it going to help him? Um, but I, I thought he grew into the game and I thought he did all right in the end. Yeah, so Tom, what did you make at the, the start of the game? I think Liverpool started the game quite confidently but we had a bit of a scare didn't we when the ball sort of bouncing in the box that we didn't quite clear in the first sort of five ten minutes um, but then we, we we got control of the game again and we're, we're unfortunate to have you know a couple of goals disallowed but I think the first one was was I think a bit tighter than the second one but ultimately both with the correct decisions yeah, I'll pull it to me. A text message Les to say that he said he the first one was was really close, he said, but he was offside. And he said the second one he, he was offside. So it just he was lucky really, I think, to be fair. I thought, you know, overall I I, I thought I agree with what Ben said there about with the crowd. The crowd sort of kicked off and then and that so it was never I think do you know what? <laughs> I'm going to upset Jonathan here now. He's probably going to have a nervous breakdown, you know, like he, with his phone when he, when he gets on touch with you. But to be fair to Terry, I, I, I don't think... I, I've, I, that's probably the best of his I've ever seen him have a game at Liverpool. He made he was, a couple of... He was... Not, not, just let me finish. I, I, he made a couple of what's are called decisions with, with Matip. I thought Matip... We, it was a terrible decision. He got that wrong. He made one way where someone got smacked in the head and he was obviously acting the goal. But you've got to, by the letter of the law, you've got to be what's it called by that. And overall, I was quite happy to sing 
he was he was a terrible referee and like and all of all of that. But where he usually gives you where you usually get one out of ten or two out of ten, he was possibly a four or five today, which was probably the best I've seen him do. Well, I'll tell you what, Tom. Go on, Pete. Sorry. Only heard the cop. Actually, yeah. finger referees by name. You, you usually get your so and so referee. But... Right. So I thought this might have been before my time, but there's no way that's ever been sung before on the cop. No, not, not, not to an individual time. referee. No. A long time. Yeah, yeah, he sang him when we give a free kick. <laughs> <laughs> He sang, what did he sing to him? He, he done well or something? Yeah. There's only one Paul Terry. There's only one Paul Terry, yeah. After he gave us a free kick. You know, talking about the massive thing, we were talking about this after the game. I wonder if he got booked, not for the tackle, but for the way he, he, he yeah, went up one after it was more for that, you know. I, I so, thought uh, he did that reaction after he got booked, though. Not yes, yeah, it was after he got booked, Ben, you're right. Was it? Was yeah. it? Yeah, because it was an awful decision. You know, yeah. every time they fell over, he I know. was giving them a foul, and like yeah. he was just, he was just as bad as ever. But the fact, and that, you know, as you just highlighted there, Tom, you know, it's the first time, you know, in my time going the match, and as I said, touch wood, I haven't missed the game now for since nineteen seventy six at Anfield, and that's the uh, that's the first time a referee's name. Has ever been sung, you know, on the on the cop. Even good old Clive Thomas, you know, we never even sung about sung but about you, him. And but you know what, fair, was, did you know all the referees' names up until a few years ago? Because I ate it. Yeah, I Where yeah, and there, there was a few. There's a few we knew in the in the sixties and seventies, seventies, eighties. You know, the the more high profile ones. Um, it's, like, it's like on a Thursday when they announce who's being the referee. Who gives a crap? Like, honest to God, like I don't care. They're all much of a muchness. I don't. Yeah. I, think going back to the, I think going back to them days, Ben. Correct me, Les and Tom, if I'm wrong, but I think we didn't find out the referees till we bought the program. Really, oh, yeah. but uh, a... it's a good job. I know one of them we should have had a go at was Roger Kirkpatrick. But this yeah, yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, 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 oh yeah. Yeah, the worst never... refereeing performance, yeah. just while we're on this, I have to say this, the worst refereeing performance I have ever seen at Anfield was by Peter Willis in a game between Liverpool and Ipswich in 1977. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was absolutely by far, and it's still to this day, the worst refereeing performance I've ever seen. What did he do? And I've, and I've seen, I've seen some, believe me, I've seen some horrendous performances since then. And Tierney is really near the top of my list, right? Mm-hmm. But Peter Willis, Liverpool via Fitch, and I think it was April 1977, is by far and away the worst exhibition of refereeing I have ever seen. And was that the game when it was Les? Was that the game when, when Mick Mills assaulted Highway? Yeah, and he got carried off on a stretch. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And then David Fairclough come on a sub and he booked mm-hmm. him. He booked him for yeah, coming yeah, up yeah. without telling him. Yeah. Yeah. He sent him off and booked him without telling him. And in the mm-hmm. end, it got that bad that he had to stop the game and call the two captains over to him yeah. and sort of tell them to calm down. But yeah, you are right, Tom. That is the game. Mick Mills assaulted Steve Highway. Steve yeah. Highway got carted off on a stretcher and he just totally and utterly had lost the game. 
Yeah. And I, I thought I thought there was gonna be there was gonna be a riot. I really did. I thought so much so it was a it was a vitally important game when we were going for the treble. But we yeah. we've sort of dive, you've diverted us from the subject now, Tom, by Sorry about, sorry about that. Sorry about that. It's only because you praised them. Jonathan, I apologise. Yeah. had a half decent game, Tom. That's yeah. what they got. Yeah. I, I think it's more than just your knees, Tom, that you need to get sorted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Making appointments at Specsavers, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, so, Pete, I'll come to you for now some sensible discussion on the game. So, we were we were sort of probing, weren't we? And yeah. we just couldn't get, you know, we just couldn't seem to get that rub of the green. And you thought when the when the second goal was disallowed, did you tend to get the feeling where, oh oh no, I hope it's not going to be one of those days. And then we we got a well worked goal where Nunes was prominent in the, you know, in the build up, and it was lovely finished by Mo. Yeah, I mean, you know. Th- they had like sporadic attacks as well, Brentford. They're very quick on the break. And although they were defending and you know, defending in depth, when they had the chance, I mean, I think um I think that Brian, what's his name, Uemba, I think he nearly he nearly got one on the break, didn't he? And I don't think it was actually cleared off the line. I don't think it had the, the, the gas to get on over the line and it was it was cleared. But yeah, they, there was a couple of occasions that they, they looked quite tidy in attack, but um I don't know, I just thought, even though we had two disallowed, I mean, I was level more or less with one of them. I thought, I thought if anything, I thought the second one looked tight, because I thought one of their lads was on the line. He obviously wasn't, but I thought the second one looked tight. Yeah. Um, but my lad texted me and he said, no, they were both they were both off, but it was very, very, you know, minimal sort of thing. But they, they, they had a decent side, and like Ben was saying, they had a lot of heights at the back, and yet we created a little bit of havoc on set pieces. I know... Um, Costas put a couple of decent crosses and one from a corner, especially I think, which led to one of the disallowed goals. But um, they always looked like with with Wisser and November up front that they could possibly hurt us on the break. But um, now I wasn't too worried when the second one was was disallowed. I just always thought we had a goal in us. It, it was we just needed that little bit of luck that you know we were either on side or. The ball broke for us. And as you say, Nunes was fantastic in the build-up. He, the weight of ball to Samoa, he didn't have to break stride. And it, it was unaired in the finish right into the corner, you know, the actual corner of the nest. And the, he gave the goalie no chance. So I thought it was a well-deserved lead at half-time. Um, and as I say, we just have to keep an eye on the breaks. Um, what I was quite surprised at was when, when we... Um, when we had corners, I noticed it a lot in the second half more than the first because it was down that end, but we had everyone back. You know, and I th- I said to the lad next to me, why don't you put a couple up, put Mo up and and someone else who's, you know, with it like Nunes with pace because it's going to take three defenders, you know, out of, out of the equation. Um, But yeah, there was, a, you know, and there was, they, I wouldn't say they defended with a low block as such. But they were quite, you know, they they had some big lads there, and they were getting stuck in. Um, and no, I I thought I thought a goal had come. We just had to. It's that word patience again. We've we've got to learn to be patient both on the pitch and off the pitch. To be honest, and it worked fine today in the end. Ben, do you agree with that? It was a, uh, you know, the lead at half time was well deserved, and um, Liverpool could have could have possibly you know gone in further ahead than just by the the one goal. 
I, I think it would have been harsh on Brentford if we would have gone in a half time more than one goal ahead. Um, like Pete says, they, they do play some good stuff, especially, um, you know, take the centre halves out of it, but they're, they're attacking players. I was I was very impressed with them, the movement um, they had, the little one one touch and move play. I thought it was really good and they did they did cut us open a couple of times. Like they, they did make some um, good positions. There was that. I think it was a save by Ali that nearly went in and it didn't get over the line or anything or close to it. But um, I didn't even realise it was a save until the lad next to me said it. Mm. Um, and I'm just glad it wasn't Kelleher because I think he would have scored. I think that's the difference between the two keepers there. Um, but I, I, I was impressed with Brentford and I was saying to my dad on the way home, if I was, you know, a team in the top half of the league, um, not convinced on our manager, I'd be all over Thomas Frank. I think he's done a brilliant job there. And I think he's he seems like a really nice guy. He's obviously of the Jürgen mould, but doesn't have the charisma of Jürgen or uh, nowhere near as good as him. But he's of that ilk. Um, I think he's a, he's a good manager. But I think we did deserve to be ahead. Um, I wasn't as confident as I was against Forest, where we were just that was never in doubt that was always going to be a Liverpool win as soon as we started the game we were all over them and they never laid a glove on us I thought Brentford were better than them but as soon as we got the first goal but like I said before as soon as um, Terny made that incorrect decision on Massive, I thought that was the, the the instant that changed the game as soon as he got that wrong I thought we were all over them then and it was only a matter of time and the offside goals, obviously being in the cock, is difficult to see. I actually thought the second one was an own goal. Like I said to my dad, I'm sure that's an own goal. Why has he put the flag up? Um, but obviously it wasn't. Um, and I take your word for it, Pete, that it was um, offside. Yeah, what it was, what it was, Ben, Nunez was offside. Right. You know, when the ball went forward, right. when it was when he played, and then he come back onside. And when he come back onside, yeah. He flicked it over his head and it went in because, like you, where I was on the cop, we all thought it was an own goal. I yeah. thought, well, how can this be disallowed? Yeah, but that's right. Yeah. One of the lads got it up on his phone, right. um, and we we actually sort of you know seen exactly what had happened, and that was why. And it was that was more clear than the first one. Yeah, the first one when he showed us the angle of the first one first, we thought that's on side from the first picture, but yeah. then when he showed you from the second angle. You could see he was just off. Well, it didn't take them long for the second one to make the mind up. Did it? The first one, it took a, a good couple of minutes. And you know, you've got no idea what's going on in the ground, have you? You're thinking, no. I must admit, a normal player thought he looked off. But then it took about two minutes, didn't it? And I said to my dad and my mate, I was like, this must be close, this, because, you know, they don't normally take that long. But yeah, I thought at half time, like I thought, like I said to the lads when we were having a beer, um, We'll win this quite comfortably now, and that's how it played out, wasn't it? Tom, Tom. So we come out at the start of the second half, and I thought for the for the first ten minutes we couldn't get going. We we kept Ooh. losing possession. The ball kept being played in the air. We couldn't seem to get any momentum, and they were getting a lot of the ball without actually hitting us. But we couldn't we couldn't get any rhythm to break forward. Do you, do you think that's a good? A good assessment. I, I thought, I, you know, I, I'm going back quickly, going back over. I thought, didn't think. I thought Brentford were really well organised, Les, and I thought, like you know, like he broke. And when he broke, he broke a couple of times. I thought Virgil 
was superb. And I thought, I, I didn't really feel like Brentford were, were, were real threats. I didn't think Ali had to make loads of saves or anything like that. So I thought, I thought like we were wait, well worth our, our lead half time. I thought in the second half, I thought we were a bit, not, I think, I think we were trying to overrush this, this, to say in the second half. We just weren't as normal, as, as, as patient as we were. But I thought, I thought after about 10, 15 minutes, we started to really use the ball better, didn't we? We started to, to use it wiser. I thought, were, I thought Mo today, I, I, I thought Mo overall today was, was was excellent. I thought, apart from his, 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 which was a shock to be honest, the ball was brilliant. Running onto me, which he put over the bar. I thought, had that had gone in, I thought, you know, like that would have been a brilliant goal. But um, I thought overall, I thought Liverpool when they were never really. Although Brentford had a bit of a, a bit of possession and they defended well, I don't really think we were ever. Really in 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 doubt to be honest. I thought we we were quite controlled overall. Yeah, Pete. I, th- I thought like I don't know about you, but I was relieved when we got the second one because you were always wary of them. Sort of maybe getting something from a set piece that would have brought them level. Mm. When the second one went in, it gave you that little bit of breathing space. But it seemed it was a <laughs> it was a strange goal, wasn't it? Because nobody really knew what had happened. The ball had got played across by by Costas. Salah had edited it in, but then the the celebration was very muted. The goalkeeper puts the ball on the on the six yard box, ready to take a goal kick. Everybody standing around, and nobody really knew what had happened. Yeah, even when Mo edited it in, he didn't celebrate much, did he? It was though he no. doubted that the ball had stayed in play, and like you said. You know, the, the crowd didn't really celebrate. And we were all looking at one another saying, what's going on? And, you know, I said, it's obviously they're going to check the ball out. And I said, unless, uh, unless it's, you know, it might be like another Anthony Gordon there and it, let's see what happens sort of thing. But it, it was, it was quite uh, it was quite a weird feeling. to. But I was like you, I, I, did, I did think we needed a second just to calm, not nerves as such, but just to give us greater control of the game. Because I think, not long into the second half, if memory serves me right, they had a direct free kick and and Ali had to make a decent save to put it over the top. So they were always going to be dangerous from set pieces with the height they've got. And as I say, once you've got that insurance, a little bit of a second goal. Um, I mean, it doesn't. I'm not. You look at the, the game later on that ended four four, and nothing's you know nothing's safe in any game. But I think if once we got the second, I just think it, it just gave us that little. Belief's not the word. It, it was just like more control, really. Um, but yeah, it was a strange one, the second one. It just felt like all the players sort of made their own mind up. The ball had gone out of play. And, and it was weird. It was it was a weird. So uh, good to get that second goal. Um, and as I say, we had a little bit more control. Then, and I thought, just in passing, I thought Endo had a good game in the midfield today. He, he got caught a couple of times, but who doesn't in that, in that position? Um, Do you know what, Pete? Can I? Yeah, you know, we were dead in line with, with, with you know, because we're hmm. to the side where you're the other side, Les, and seeing it, we're, yes. we're dead in line. And all all of us, everyone who'd seen it then didn't think the ball had gone out, you know, like, so hmm. we were shocked. I didn't. I, I, you know, we were, we, were, we were dead in line with that. The ball, half the ball was over the line, but 
you know, like it was half the ball rather than mm. when he pulled it back. So we, mm. we 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 didn't understand why one why why the goalkeeper just put the ball on on the thing, but he give a goal, didn't he? Turn and give a goal. To I, don't think, I don't think anybody really knew what was happening because everybody no. was just. I don't know. Do you thought that as well, Ben? Is that everybody on the cop was sorted? That the celebration was very muted by both the fans and the players. Mm. And everybody was sort of stood around saying, what's happened here? You thought Tierney would give the goal, but then you weren't yeah. sure, were you? Tierney well, had... definitely did give the goal. He did, yeah. I, I, I think it was more a fact that Mo Salah didn't know, celebrate, did he? Uh, he, yeah. he was just like like that. And I mean, like from where I, I'm, I'm in the cop on that side of the goal where the ball was out kind of thing. You could tell it wasn't like mm. it was like my dad's like that ball was out. I was like, no, it wasn't like and you could just uh, the goalkeeper was just trying to play it on, wasn't he? But with VAR, like I mean, well, actually, no, actually, I'm gonna look at the thing with VAR, it's gonna get the right decision, but who knows? But um it it, it was clearly not out. So yeah, yeah, so yeah, and then the goal was given, and, and as I say, that then gave us a cushion, and then you just thought then. Well, if you can get a third one, this will this will really put the the game to bed. And then Jota the Slaughter comes up and with a lovely finish into the into the corner. And and basically, when that went in, that was basically then game over. Tom, well, it was a brilliant finish, Les. Wasn't it? You know what? You let his he let his he let the ball run away from him and lashed it into the. It was a brilliant finish. And just whole lot overall, I thought Costas improved greatly. As the game went on, and like from all of, we was we were sort of we were giving him a bit of stick after the last game, and you know, and saying, "Well, do you think he's playable, or do you think his position is you know where he, he didn't do it? He done all right today, to be fair to him." And like I think, I think like Peter said, I thought Endo did as well. You know, to be fair, I, I, you know, I think there was quite a there was quite a lot of performances of. But who played well? I think mm. overall, I think Jota worked hard all the way through the game. Nunes is a total threat, but yeah, Jota. As soon as he got it, as soon as he got it and started to run across, you just knew where he was going. It was a brilliant finish. Yeah, brilliant great pass. finish, great finish, Peter. And you know, I think it was a at that point in the game. I think Liverpool thoroughly deserved the third goal because yeah. they had a few sort of. Skirmishes around the box where the ball wouldn't quite drop, yeah. and we that I passed to. But I thought that you win know, the third one went in. I thought that was a a score that didn't flatter Liverpool, Pete. No, it, it was like you say. Without, I mean, he still had a couple of little flubbies, Brentford, and they were trying to. As I say, there was that that lad up front in Bremo. He, he's quick. He's strong, and he was, you know. I thought Virgil actually played him quite well. He's a strong lad, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jota does what it says on the ten. He comes in from the left and scores, doesn't he? And it was a fantastic finish. It really was. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just it just sealed the win. It was just nice, and then it it, it allowed it allowed um Jürgen to bring on Jarrell Quanza for the, the last five ten minutes, and he also brought um was it Connolly McConnell who came on late as well. Yeah. So, it was nice just to see these kids who are on the bench at least getting a little bit of game time, even if it was the last two or three minutes. And, you know, when you're comfortable, 
But uh, yeah, I think it was fully deserved. I mean, I wouldn't have begrudged Brent for the goal, for their efforts. They, they are a hard-working team. And like Ben said, they're very well organised. But they're also very, very good football inside as well. And once again, they're another team with a lot of players who you don't you don't really recognise by name. But the, he's got something about him. He's, he is a good manager, that Thomas Frank. But yeah, it was good. You know, I mean, I think Ali made a couple of decent saves towards the end, in fairness. And and um, Virgil cleared one off the line as well. So I couldn't have begrudged them a goal, but it was nice to keep a clean sheet as well. Ben, is it a bit harsh to call um, Brentford a little bit of a, an upmarket version of Stoke and Wimbledon of the day? Because they do sort of play for a lot of uh, set pieces, throw-ins, etc., etc., where they can where they can sort of bring the big players forward and try and cause you know, chaos in the box. And you know, I think that you are right what you're all say is that a lot of their players have got better ability than to play that way. But I do think that that's what they they sort of look at. I mean, there was an instant, wasn't it, in the in the first half that I referred to with Tom before where they got a free kick just over the, the halfway line and the keeper come and took it, you know, from that that distance to put it in the box. And in the first half, I don't think I don't think um, I'm wrong, or they might have got one, but I don't think they did. I don't think they had a corner in the first half, not one. So we, we, we sort of defended that way really, really well, so we couldn't sort of you know, give them situation that, that they would see as their strength. Is that a little bit harsh what I've just said on them? Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, no, yeah, no, I definitely think it is actually because I think that they do, although they obviously target what you've said to do with set pieces, you can't blame them for doing that. You know, the pro- their budget is probably about 5%. I've, of ben, I'm not, I'm not blaming no, them. I know, I know you're not criticizing them, Les, but what I'm, what I'm going to say is they do play some nice stuff as well. There was a there was that. Uh, there was a couple of chances in the first half which they they brought on really well, and then there was one in the second half where I think they were their right back at it, um, and they managed to do a couple of one twos down the line, and then they were three about three or four of them. They were up, and they they had a really good opportunity to break, and they just played the the final ball was was bad. And what I would say about them as well is their best player is suspended, isn't he? Um, Ivan Tony, and I think is. He's a good player, him. He's a big red as well, isn't he? Which yeah, he's a good lad. Um, but I don't think he'll ever play for Brentford again. I, I think he'll be sold in in January when his suspension's up. Um, so I, yeah, I I can sort of understand the point that you're coming about where they do target the set pieces, but I think they've got far far more about the game than the likes of Stoke had, and they were just absolute dogs, weren't they? Um, all they were doing was lumping the ball forward all the time and going for throw-ins and corners or free kicks. Whereas I think Brentford have got a lot a lot more to the game, especially at home as well. They, they do play some decent stuff and you know they've they've gone to Anfield obviously got a, they didn't get anything there, but they've gone to Stamford Bridge and won two 0 so they have got some half decent results. They've got more points this season than they've ever had in the Premier League. So they're obviously building something. I think this is the third year now. Um, and like I said earlier, I think Thomas Frank. I do think he'll be at a bigger club than Brentford sooner rather than later. 
And just going on from what Pete said there, you know, it was a lovely finish by Jota, wasn't it? To sort of you know put the game to bed. Yeah, yeah, it was like, and I feel a bit sorry for Jota because for me, like Nunes and Gakpo, his best position is centrally. Um, I think he does his best work there, but it was. I think he's the best finisher at the club. I think he's probably a better finisher than Mo as well. I know Mo gets more goals, um, but I think Jota as a poacher and a finisher, I think he's the best at the club. Obviously, he's had he's been really unlucky with injuries, hasn't he? Got the injury last season against Man City at home when he was arguably the best player on the pitch when he came on. Um, but I think he's he's a really good player. He took his goal really well. There's not many players in our team that could do that. I'd say uh, Sabozlai has got a finish on him like that from that area, but there's not too many others. So it was nice to see him having a, a go from that area. And what I would say as well, Harvey Elliott's getting a lot more confident with his shooting, isn't he? He's starting to take shots from that area a lot more than he used to. Yeah. So yeah, I thought Jota had a decent game. Can I just ask you now what your thoughts of certain players' performances? And I'll start with you on this one, Pete. What did you think of Costas today after our discussions on Thursday, on Friday? Sorry. Well, I think in fairness, the display put in on Thursday, he, he could only do better. But I thought he had a decent game. Costas, he was, he looked, he, he was putting some decent crosses in, which is something I've levelled at him in the last couple, you know, few weeks. That I've always thought he's got a decent left peg on him, and he was, he, he was good at putting crosses in, and it seems to have sort of. Averted him in the last few weeks, but I thought he, I thought he had a decent game, and he, he, you know, as I say, I agree with Ben on on Brentford. I think to, you know, they're, they're a better football inside than some of the other game, you know, the other teams that you mentioned. Yet they've got big, strong lads, but they can't play football. So I thought it all in all, I thought Costas had a decent game. I I thought he sort of taken that display, um, in the Europa. I, I think he's shaken that off him now and. I think um, I think he had a decent game, yeah. And what did you make of Endo today? Who was that to me? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought he started out slow. Um, he looked a little bit not like a headless chicken, but I, I thought he did all right. Um, I, he definitely. I I think Jürgen really likes him. You know, there was something on the the touchline. And he was, yeah, to give him a high five or a hug or something like that. Um, I'm not ultimately convinced on Endo, to be honest with you. I haven't seen anything yet um, that makes me think, you know, let's start him against Man City in two weeks. Um, but there's still a gaping hole for a number six in that team. So somebody needs to take the place. But I thought he did fine, Les. I thought, you know, it was, it was his first start in the league at Anfield. It, it would be nice to see him in our first choice team, you know, instead of in a midfield that contains a forward and Gakpo, um, it would be nice to see him and Subozlai and McAllister or Gravenberg as a free with Endo as the number six to properly judge him. I think the signs are there that, you know, he's going to be a useful squad player, but I'd be surprised if it's anything more than that. Tom, what did you make of Cody Gakpo's performance today in the midfield? He he done all he done all right, Les. He, he, he worked hard, and he? he? He took a couple of good shots. He, he done. He, he done. I think he 
he laid the, the ball in for he laid the ball in for Costas to pull it back, you know, for Moses. Overall, I didn't think it was like a solid performance without being a spectacular one. But you know, like he's working his way back from fitness. I, 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 I think so, and he's been in and out of the side, hasn't he? So again, he need a run of games. These players don't he? So I think when it comes down to it, now he's gonna. He's going to struggle in games, I think, because I think you you look at, at Nunes now. He's he certainly took the number nine shirt, hasn't he? He's, he he seems to be the player. He makes everything happen. I think he's the, the more effective up there at the moment. But um, I thought I thought Cody done really well. Like you know, you couldn't ask ask more of him. About what you said about Brentford before, Les, I think they're a decent side. I think. I think that's a bit harsh to say that they're like Stoke and I think they play... I, said, when, I, did, I did say a better yeah, I know you did. I know you did. And the reason I said that, Tom, if I can just interject, is because I think, oh. as you've all said, they've all got, they've got some decent players and they can play some decent football. And I think they, I think they, they could possibly um, do better than they could if, mm. they, if you know, what I'm trying to say is, I think I don't think they have to resort to that, you know, to to playing for free kicks, corners. Um, I think they, throws. I think they mix it though. You don't, you know, yeah. like I think they mix it a bit because I thought when we went three nil, when we went three nil up, I I thought they started to play some decent football and they started to come out and started to knock the ball around and they, they were quite dangerous for a part of, you know, like about a five or ten minute spell where they were. Play some really, really good football. So, I, I think it, that's what he does, doesn't he? In Thomas Frank, and I think he, he mixes the two together. You know, when he needs to, and when the when Tony's there, as Ben said before, I think he's he's the the target man who nods everything off, and like players run off him. So I think he, I, I think like I think they're a decent side. They're a decent side. I'm glad we've played them. I'm glad we beat them. Yeah. So I'll move on now and ask ask you for your man of the match. So I'll start with you, Tom. Apart from Paul Tierney, who did you yeah. think the um, was the, the best player on the field today? Then for <laughs> Liverpool, do you know what, Les? I, I I had three today, but you know, like today, I thought I thought Joel Matip played really well. I thought Big Joel had a, a really good game. I thought Virgil. Was outstanding today. I thought he was. He's back to more or less to. He's getting towards his best. I thought he, 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 you know, like he played out. He really played well. But you know, I wanted to give it to Virgil. But you know what? You've got to. I think you've got to give it to Mo for his over his goals and his and his performance overall. So I want to give it to Mo. And you know, Tom made a good point there, didn't he, about Virgil now getting back to his best again. So you know. Who was in the frame for you for man of the match, and who did you ultimately give it to? Um, Virgil Van Dijk was by far head and shoulders man of the match. Um, I I don't know if you can hear me on the le- on the cop les, but I've basically just said what you said that um, he's getting back to the level of what he was. He still isn't at that level, and I don't think he ever will be because he's lost half a yard of pace. But I said to my dad today more than once, there's no better centre-half in the country than Virgil van Dijk. The media seem to be 
he's always compared as the go-to for centre halves. Um, but there's nobody better than him. Like even yeah. even when he's not playing well, he's the best centre half in the league by an absolute country mile. Um, so for, for for me, it was him comfortably, and obviously Mo with his two goals and uh, an honourable mention to Simicas. Um, I thought a shaky first ten minutes. Um, the crowd didn't help, but I, I thought he was solid. He got two assists as well. Okay, one of them was a pass back to Jota. <laughs> um, but um, I thought that'll do his confidence the world are good. But for me, it was Van Dijk. Pete, where, where are you going today with your, with, with your accolade of the, as the player of the match? It's probably the same names that have been mentioned. I thought Virgil was excellent again, as he was at Luton Town. And he made that clearance, as I say, off the line. I think yeah, I think it was probably into injury time that just kept the clean sheet. I thought Endo had a decent game. He wasn't outstandingly brilliant, but he was he was getting tackles in. And I, I must admit, I was a little bit worried when it went to VAR for that tackle. I thought it was a genuine 50-50 in the middle of the field, to be honest. But it could have gone, it probably could have gone the wrong way for him. But thankfully, you know, VAR, VAR saw it as a genuine, you know, 50-50 um, tackle that we used to see 10 a penny in, in years gone by. We don't seem to see them now. But I'll have to go with Mo, just for... I mean, he took his first goal. It was sublime. The pass from Nunes, who won, he had a good game as well. He, I think he, he sort of tired a bit towards... Not tired, but he faded out of the game a bit towards the end, Nunes. But he was a constant, constant threat. So he's going to be fantastic, that lad, for us. I really do think so. But I'd give it to Mo for the two goals and certainly for the way for his work rate more than anything. Um, but he, he was he was in the right positions to to put two goals in this this game. And I was thinking he might go on and score a hat trick, but um I'd give it to Mo out of all that. Yeah, for me, um I thought I like to say that I thought so Bosley I sort of played well again today. I thought his work rate as as normal was was absolutely terrific. I thought Mo with his two goals was good. I thought Darwin Nunes was excellent. But in the end, it comes to a choice to me between Joel Matip and Virgil. Um, and Joel Matip, you know, was imperious today. I thought that, you know, the way the way they play, it, they're really sort of difficult opponents to play against. And I think you, your centre-backs have to be at the best you know, in order to keep them at bay. And I thought both our centre-backs today, you know, were, were at their best and sort of kept them kept them as quiet as they could. Yet they did have a few chances. But really, you know, they, they stood strong and they stood tall, both of them. But ultimately, you know, as Ben said, Virgil was head and shoulders above everybody today. Everything he had to do, he did well. He was spraying the passes around. So ultimately, for me, although most scored the two goals, I'm going to give it to Virgil. So we've got a a two-two draw in terms of the man of the match um, this afternoon. So before we before we finish this podcast, I just want to go around and sort of have a have a little chat with you as uh, the three years as we go into this international break with the results this weekend with you know Tottenham conceding two late goals at Wolves to, to lose the second game in a week. You know, um, Manchester City drawing 
this afternoon that Chelsea, Arsenal winning, you know, 3-1 at home to Burnley. We've won, you know, 3-0 at home to Brentford. And I think Aston Villa have won 3-1 at home to, to Fulham. So I think I'll start with you, Tom, on this one. Where, how do you see um, the league table going into this international break? And, you know, Liverpool, Liverpool are point behind in second place, ahead of Arsenal on goal difference. And I think a point ahead of ahead of Tottenham. Um, so how, how do you see the, the league table at this time? And, and would you have settled for this position? You know, come the, come the start of the season, going into the last in, international break of 2023. Yeah, that I'm more than happy, Les. I think it's. I, I think we've we've learned we've learned some, quite a few things that we were talking about at the start of the season. I remember saying at the start of the season, if Liverpool are anywhere near the top of the league come Christmas time this year, I think Liverpool will have a great chance because of the the way the fixtures have, have panned out, you know, with us. And I think I, I stand by that, you know, and I, I think. But, but for a, a couple of that, you know, like a, a couple of well, the, the Luton game, which which we got the points, I think overall, I think we give that. I think the Brighton game, we kick ourselves over Brighton because we we should have seen that out. Um, but other than that, I'm well happy, and I, I think what we all said earlier on as well. I, I think this season, I I don't think this. The, I think I don't think the league will be won by high nineties this year. I think it's going to be probably eighty six to ninety will win the title this year because teams have beat there's some good some good teams out there at the moment that can that can hurt so many sides. So to be up at this stage at this break, you know, and if we can get something at the Etihad, you know, like. I think we'll we're in for a you know like this could be a really good season. I think we're we're doing really well at the moment. I'm well happy, Les. Pete, what? How do you feel? Yeah, I'm very happy with the position we're in. Maybe a couple of games like Tom's mentioned. Obviously, the debacle at Tottenham, um, and you know the Luton game where we almost blew it really, but we we managed to at least get a point. But yeah, if you if you did just show me the table and not tell me which results got us there and said we're only one point shy of City, um, going into the next game, which is City of the Etihad, I'd have been very happy. Um, the results sort of over the weekend have gone for us, to be honest. When City got the fourth in the ninth in in the eighty fifth minute or whatever, I thought, well, it's just like City to, you know, to do that, and they'd have been a they'd have been three points ahead of us, I think, wouldn't they? But um. No, that result went for us, the draw. And I watched the Tottenham game yesterday and couldn't believe that they, they let it go. I mean, the, the two Wolves goals were fine. It were really good goals, to be honest. But yet, results went for us, Arsenal apart. You'd expected Arsenal to beat Burnley, to be honest. And Villa to go to home as well, so you'd have probably expected them to beat Fulham. But when you just look at the league table now, I think we're in a really healthy position, to be honest. Yeah, Ben, I didn't mention the... The Newcastle losing away at Bournemouth results either in the, you know, when I was doing this sort of build up to this question. So, how do you see things at the minute? Um, are you reasonably happy with where we were? And you know, considering as well that we've had, we've had a few injuries, especially in the, in the midfield area, and you know, you know, we've missed Robbo, you know, and 
you know, and looks like we're going to be without Robbo for another maybe six, seven weeks or so. So, are you, are you happy with the way things have panned out? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know how any true Liverpool fan couldn't be. Um, I think we've all said the same thing that as long as we are within a point or two or three points of whoever's first in January, so after Christmas, then you'd back us to go on a, a decent run again. There's not many teams that are capable of it, but we certainly are. And you've you've mentioned about injuries, but it's not just that. We've lost our captain, our vice captain. So we've lost a hell of a lot of experience over the summer. We've lost our entire midfield um, that would have been our first choice midfield, certainly when we won the league and the European Cup. So Jürgen's built a whole new midfield in one summer. Um, and we... We've lost the best left back in the country. We've our centre halves have been. There's never been a time when all of them have been fit consistently. Um, our midfield is down to the bare bones again. So this international break, as much as I absolutely loathe them, has come at a decent time for us. Uh, it's a shame that we're playing Man City at half twelve again straight after it. But they're in the same boat as us, so we've got no excuses. It's not like we have to travel too far for it. Um, so I think we're in an absolutely brilliant position. I was on the radio the other day and I was asked, are Liverpool in a title race? And for any Liverpool fan to say we're not is deluded because we absolutely are. Um, we haven't, there's been games this season when we haven't played that well, but we've still grinded results out. So, you know, the sign of of a good team, unlike a team 40 miles down the M62, which are crap, but do manage to get results, um, which is doing my head in. Um, but we're far better than them. Um, we'll show that in December. I've got no doubts about it. Um, but the results this weekend have been good for us. You can understand why Tottenham have dropped off. I mean, they won the league a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? So the players have been out partying. So you can understand why they've the last two games. Um, but I think Arsenal are dangerous this season. I think they're going to be there or thereabouts. I don't think they'll win the league, but I think they'll be close like they were last season. But they didn't have us to contain to contest with last season. They only had one, um, and the way the fixtures are looking, we've got to play most of them at Anfield, haven't we? You know, yeah. We've got City at Anfield. We've got Newcastle at Anfield. We've got Chelsea at Anfield. So we've got the better teams coming to Anfield. Um, I don't know if we've got Arsenal. Yeah, uh, December. So. Mm. You know, we've, we've got, you'd always want them at Anfield rather than away, wouldn't you? And we, our last game, I think, is Wolves at home, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and we all know what happens when we play Wolves at home. We can win the league that day. So hopefully we, we can, we're in a position, I don't think it'll be wrapped up by that day, but strange things happen. But as long as we're going into that day with the league um, to contest, then, you know, I think, and I think we will, like, I, I'm I'm not confident that we will win the league because I think City are a better team than us. But strange things have happened, doesn't it? You look at I didn't see the game today, as we said earlier. But when was the last time they conceded four goals? Yeah. You know, and it, there's something. I I don't want to say it because I don't want to sound overly confident or cocky, but they don't look exactly as 
the same team this year as they did last year. You know, Doku looks a great player. But the, the the goals don't seem to be as spread around as what they were over the last few years. And I'm sure they'll probably click into place, but they they don't scare me the way they have done over the last couple of years. And I think we've finally got a midfield now that can go to the Etihad and actually have a go. Whereas mm. for the last two years, we haven't. So if we can go to the Etihad in two weeks' time, and get a result, then you just never know how we could galvanise us. And I, I, I think the next game is by far the biggest game of the season, and it will define it. Yeah, I, I, as I say, I, I totally agree. I'd have, I'd have snapped your hand off at the, at the start of the season for us to be where we are. You know, going into this international break, I thought that you know, both for the one defeat of the season against the PGMOL. Yo, Liverpool will be top of the league now. So, yo, you you take that, you take that result and add it to what you should have, and, and you would be top of the league. So you would have bettered Manchester City start to the to the season. So yeah, I'm well, I'm well happy with, with where we are. And just a little bit of you know, if people like a, a few little omens um for this season. And I'll say this that every time West Ham have won a trophy. Liverpool have gone on to win a trophy in the following year. Now, West Ham won the FA Cup in 1964. And then Liverpool won the, 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 the FA Cup in 1965. West Ham then won the Cup Winners' Cup or the first Cup, whether it was, you know, in 1965. And then Liverpool went on to win the, the FA Cup in, uh, in 1966. Then... West Ham went won the cup in '75, and then Liverpool won the league in UEFA Cup in '76. Funnily enough, when we play, beat Wolves last game of the season, so you know West Ham won a trophy last season, and let's hope that trend continues. And also, they won the uh, they won the FA Cup, I think, in in 1979, and then Liverpool won the or 1980. And Liverpool won the league in, in 80 and they won the, the European Cup in 81. Um, so, you know, there are there are good omens there, so let's keep the faith. Just one thing, one more thing I want to ask you all before I close this pod, is that which player from Liverpool this season has surprised you the most by by the way they've played that maybe you weren't expecting? And I'll start with you, Tom. Well, it's got to be, for me, it's Nunes, because... There was loads of doubts at, at, you know, like in certain people who were saying, well, you know, we we don't know his role, what kind of role he's got. He certainly didn't know his role now. He's, I think he's developed into into a really intelligent footballer. Just like to see him get a little bit more luck in front of goal, to be honest. But I think that will come over the season. But he's the player for me, Les, without a doubt. No, you can I just say something about what we were talking about before? Six, I think the the big. Thing you know, for the league, which will be determined an awful lot, will be between the 16th and the 23rd of December. We've got Arsenal and Man United both in a week at Anfield. And I think that if we get six points there, I reckon that'll be a massive, massive statement to do. But Darwin Nunes, Nunes is the player for me, without a doubt. Peace for you. I think it's my Hungarian, mate. 
to Bosley because I don't think we knew much about him. I'll hand on horse when we got him. I knew he was a Hungarian international, but I didn't know how good what what his role was within that team without you know doing some research on 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 uh, Wikipedia and the like. And I think it's he's just this season he just took off like a a jet engine, didn't he? He was fantastic and. He had like a an indifferent couple of games. He came on at half time in Europe the other night, and he wasn't the only one who didn't play well. But like you say today, without him being the total outstanding player, he he just does some of. I noticed in the second half, especially today, there were two occasions when he ran on, and Mo just couldn't thread the ball. He was like on the inside right channel for all of us old enough to know what an inside right is. <laughs> um, but he just couldn't get the ball onto Sabozlai and he was making some intelligent runs again and he he, he just looks the player and but because I didn't know much about him, he, he's just come as a surprise. And as I say, it's noticeable when he's not a, on, on top form because he has been so good in the early part of the season. So he's been a total surprise to me and it's been a great surprise to be honest. Ben? I find what Pete said interesting there. I find it difficult to believe you didn't know much about him. You had posters up in your bedroom of him last year. Didn't you? <laughs> That's only because we had a few cracks on the wall. I was putting anything up just to hide the cracks on the wall, mate. No, uh, no for me, Les, it's, it's Virgil, you know, because we all know how good he is. But he, he was nowhere near the level last year that we all know and love on how good he can be. Um, and obviously you get all the crap in the media, you get all these Dutch clowns coming out and saying, Oh, he's um he shouldn't be captain and all that. I, I can't remember who it is. Um is it was it Wesley Snyder or well, I don't know which one it was, but um I think I get annoyed when I when I do the radio. Like a few people ring up and say, "Oh, he's 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 not good. We should drop him and stuff like that." And I I genuinely don't know what people are watching. Um, I said earlier on in the pod, he is comfortably the best centre half in the country, if not of your in Europe. Um, he's that good that a bit like what Pete was saying about Sabaj, like you you take for granted how good he is, and like his performances are always. Eight or nine out of ten, um, and I think giving him the armband this year is the maybe the lift that he needed after last season. Because I, I watched him a lot last season. Well, we all watched him a lot last year, and he was doing that thing where he's putting his hands behind the back all the time and backing off. And he seems to have dropped that now, and he seems to be a bit more aggressive in his play, which I think he needs. So, for me. Um, He's been our best player this year, um, and he's been the one that's in, impressed me the most. The biggest, the biggest surprise for me this season has been Jarrell Kwanzaa. And what I mean by that, that might be a surprise to a few people listen, listening to this. But we, everybody was talking in the summer about Liverpool needing you know, a, a fifth centre-back. You know, Nath Phillips had been sent out on loan to Celtic. You know, Liverpool were linked with, with Colwell who ultimately signed a new contract at Chelsea and there was talk of 60 million quid. And, you know, I'd watched Kwanzaa play for both the 18s and 23s for a number of years. And while I thought he had ability, I didn't think he was quite ready to, to make the step up, um, you know, this season. But when he's come in, I just think he's been excellent and just looks as though 
He's been part of the first team squad for years. So for me, he's been the biggest surprise for me this season and the biggest plus because all of a sudden you've now got a fifth centre-back that you can call on. But I totally agree with everything that, that you three have said about the other players as well. Um, you know, and that just shows the, the progress that we've made since, you know, this time last year when, you know, the, the Premier League was just due to close down for six weeks when the World Cup was about to start. And we had more questions than answers going into that mm. World Cup. And now, you know, we're going into the, the last international break of this year. And all of a sudden, you know, we're one point off the top of the league and in a great position with a game against Manchester City to come. You know, as the first game back after the after the international break. So it's all to play for, as you say. And at this moment in time, Liverpool are very much part of the the conversation for the for the title. So just hope that you know the lads go away on international duty and all come back injury free. And the lads who are currently carrying knocks all you know manage to to get themselves fit and ready for that game at the the MCR dinner in a couple of weeks' time. So on that note, um, I'll end this edition of the late flag. A couple of things I want to say before I before I go. The first one is is that Tom's niece, Katie Bell, is still not very well and is still in hospital. So a second get well message to Katie from, from me, Tom, Ben and Pete and all the other contributors that come on the Red Poets podcast. The second thing is you know, I'd like to send condolences to to the Mark Kidd and his family who lost his dad, Billy, after a long illness in the early hours of Saturday morning. We're thinking of you, Mark, David, Debbie, Daniel, um, Jill, and obviously, you know, his mum, Doris, you know, deepest sympathy from us all. And may Billy never walk alone. Anyway, as I always end the podcast by saying, justice for the 97, don't bite the sun and you'll never walk alone. Until next time, goodbye.